of you that were here last week or watched online know that I absolutely fumbled in the scripture memorization. But I thank the Lord for second chances. So I'm going to take another stab at it today. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. So I've been studying this, I've been working on this, and I believe that I got it. All right. No peeking, no cheating. Here we go. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, the New King James Version says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Give me one more shot at it. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. I got this 50 times when no one was watching me. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. There you go. Now, if anybody wants to try scripture memorization, I'll tell you it is a whole lot harder when you get up in front of everybody. But if anybody is interested in doing that, please let me know. As I've been speaking to you in recent weeks, we know Pastor Ed's last Sunday before his surgery, he spoke to me and he had a desire for us to have a hundred people here at church. We know on Easter Sunday we came oh so close with 94 people. I want to challenge everyone. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Look at your neighbor and say, please invite someone next week. And I will say, I'm doing my very best to lead by example. I would not expect all of you to do that and not me myself do it. So I'm inviting people to church as well, believing continuously for our church to grow numerically and spiritually, and to see more people get saved here at Chillicothe First Church. As we continue in our series, Resurrection Power, 
in this post-resurrection series. We're going to look today at Jesus' second encounter with the disciples. Today's sermon title is Believe in What We Cannot See. Again, the title, Believe in What We Cannot See. Church, if you're like me, you've, you've seen people in this life that only believe in what they are able to see. And I know for many, they're going to be sorry someday if they don't change their ways and if they only believe in what they're able to see. I, for myself, I believe in the wind. Because I feel its effects. And see what has taken place. If ever there was a time in history, it would be this February and March 2023. How many of you know? We've, had, we've seen, though we can't see the wind, how many of you have felt the wind in recent months? I believe in Christ because He has changed my life now and for all eternity. I believe in the Word of God because it inspires me to live out my Christian faith. I believe that I'm called to preach because the Lord has gifted me. And I've always loved this passage of Scripture. The main text we'll look at today will be found in John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. If you're able, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Again, John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29 reads like this. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands in the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, then Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thank you. You may be seated. Last week we talked about the first encounter with Jesus and the disciples. The very first time that the disciples had seen Jesus since the resurrection. And we talked about then that 
the disciples were behind locked doors, fearful of the Jews and the enemies of Christ, that people would come and kill them because of their faith. Jesus appeared to the disciples, 10 of them at this point, in the first time of his appearance since the resurrection. There was 10 of them there. By this point, Judas had already taken his own life. So he was out of the picture. And Thomas was not with them. But there was 10 out of 12 of the disciples, key eyewitnesses that had seen the resurrected Christ in their first encounter with him. And so as we see in this passage of Scripture then, 10 of the disciples were telling Thomas that indeed they had seen him. You know, and as a read in the New Testament, it just appears that there is a sense of urgency and gladness when people see the resurrected Christ. I'm sure that the, the ten disciples, you know, they weren't like, hey, Thomas, you know, um, we saw Jesus, he's alive. No, 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 no. They were like, hey, Thomas, we have seen him. He is alive. We have seen him. Ten people testifying to him that indeed they had seen him, the resurrected Christ. Thomas's rebuttal. Unless I put my finger in his nail-pierced hand. Unless I put my finger in his wounded side, I will not believe. Church, I don't have to see the nailed scarred hands. In order to believe today, I don't have to see his wounded side. How many of you believe without seeing the resurrected Christ that indeed he is alive? So Thomas, he has this situation in his rebuttal. He tells him what it would take for him to believe. Eight days later, the disciples have another encounter with the resurrected Christ. And once again, the disciples were with Jesus in their second encounter with them behind closed doors. After those eight days had passed, Jesus is standing in the midst of the disciples. And he says to them, Peace to you. And with that, with Jesus saying peace to the disciples, peace to you, he was gifting them with his presence. I believe, I know that's for people to hear today. Whatever you're going through today, I believe full-heartedly that Jesus is speaking to us in a spiritual sense, saying peace to you. And Jesus now with the 11 disciples, 
All of them there now, present, except for Judas. And Jesus told Thomas, Alright, Thomas, go ahead. Go ahead and put your finger in my nailed scarred hand. Go ahead and put your finger in my pierced side. Go ahead. And so Thomas did it. He realized that he was eating his words at this point. And he said to him, my Lord and my God. I'm sure there was a sense of shock upon Thomas at this point. And Jesus spoke to Thomas and said, Thomas, because you have seen, you believe. Blessed are those that have not seen and do believe. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is indeed a blessing from Almighty God for those that have not seen the resurrected Christ yet believe in Him with all their hearts this very day. It's so easy to point the finger at Thomas in this passage of Scripture. Even to the point that many people would even call him Doubting Thomas. But think about this case and think about this scenario. The other ten disciples had a huge advantage that indeed they had seen the resurrected Christ prior to the second encounter. And who knows, maybe many if not all the disciples, if they had not seen Him, they may have been right along with Thomas in this second encounter saying, unless I see Him, those nailed scarred hands. Unless I see that pierced side, I will not believe. Church, I don't think that Thomas really stands alone in this lacking of faith. When Jesus was arrested, all of the disciples forsook him and fled. And here we are in the, this second encounter. Jesus makes it very clear to Thomas and the disciples that were around him that indeed, blessed are those that have not seen and yet do believe. As I was praying about this message on Friday, I believe that the Lord really gave me revelation to speak to you that indeed, I believe full-heartedly that every last one of us have been like Doubting Thomas at some point. If you haven't been like Doubting Thomas at some point in your life, here you go. I need to hand you this microphone and I need to sit down. You need to come up here and preach and you need to tell these people what it's like to never live a day without lacking in your faith. How often times could we be like Doubting Thomas? How many times have we prayed prayers and without even saying it, having that doubt in the back of our mind? You know, I prayed about this situation so many times. 
Is God really hearing me? Is it, am my prayers making any difference? Is God really hearing my prayers? If we were honest, I would say that probably all of us have been there at some point. I'm sure there's been a point in time where we've had a doubting Thomas spirit about us for, to see people get saved. Oh, I've prayed for him so many times. I just feel like giving up. Church, don't ever give up on anyone. The Word of God says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, part B, He's willing that none should perish and all would come to repentance. Don't ever give up on your loved ones. Don't ever give up on your family. Don't ever give up on your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors. Everyone you come in contact with that doesn't know Christ. Don't ever give up on any of them. So many times we prayed and not seen the sick being healed. And some people have a tendency to give up. I haven't seen the healing take place. I haven't seen the miracle. Church Psalms 103 verse 3 says, Who forgives all thy iniquities, who heals all thy diseases. Let me tell you something. Jesus is still in the healing business today. Continue to pray. Continue to believe for the sick to be healed. Oh, we've prayed so many times. Pray again. Continue to pray for the sick to be healed. Whoever told you to stop praying for the lost to be found? Whoever told you to stop praying for the sick to be healed? It sure wasn't me. Believing for the drug addicts to be set free. To whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Believe. Believe. And I know that there are so many people in this community, in this nation, plagued by drugs and alcohol. And for so many people, many will believe that they'll never change. But I believe that there's hope for everyone. I believe Jesus can set the captives free. I believe that Jesus can heal the brokenhearted. I believe that Jesus can set the drug addicts free. I believe Jesus can help anyone overcome alcoholism. That's the God we serve. A God who still continues to save, heal, deliver, and restore. That's our God. So I want to give you three points today. About believing and what we cannot see. The first point I want to bring before you we must repent of our doubt and unbelief. You see the first point on the projector. 
We must repent of our doubt and unbelief. Again, I believe each and every one of us have been in a place at some point when we are like doubting Thomas and the Lord is looking for repentance. That indeed each and every one of us would come to the place saying, forgive me, Lord, of my doubt and unbelief. Michael W. Smith sang in one of his songs, forgive me of my unbelief, renew the fire again. We don't serve a weak God today. We need to, to get rid of all doubt and unbelief and repent from where that has taken place. The second point I want to bring before you. We must have faith to believe in what we cannot see. We must have faith to believe in what we cannot see. Faith is so key and essential to our relationship with Christ. I like the acronym about faith. Forwarding all issues towards heaven. You have a strong prayer life. You'll have a life well lived in the faith of Christ. Three scriptures I want to share with you about faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We live by faith and not by sight. We live by faith and not by sight. It's so easy to believe in what we can see. Jesus is calling us today to believe in what we cannot see. We live by faith and not by sight. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. The Hebrew writer writes, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Very powerful scripture. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Our faith produces evidence of what we cannot see. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. It's impossible to please God without believing in what you cannot see. You've got to have faith to believe in miracles. We've got to believe... In God, though we cannot see Him. And the third and final point I want to bring before you. We shall receive blessings for believing in what we cannot see. I believe with all my heart that there is blessings in this life and the life to come for believing in what we cannot see.
So today, this is your day. I believe that God will reopen dreams in our hearts today. For that loved one that doesn't know Jesus, pray for him this very day. For that one that was sick, continues to battle illness, pray for him this very day. For the one who's overcome by drugs and alcohol, Jesus can set them free. These altars are always open. You can pray. If you need salvation, the altars are open. If you need healing, miracles, these altars are open. If you want to pray for someone else, these altars are open. Would you stand at this time as the praise team sings this song by the newsboys? We believe. Let, it, let us make this our prayer and our bold proclamation that indeed we believe the good news in the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> 